JNK podcast is brought to you by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. We strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and receive yourself a sweet 10% off your entire order from CollarAndElbowBrand.com. All right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on the JNK Podcast. What's up, guys? Of course, powered by the Grill Position and proud member of the Roar Network. Yes, we are. All right, Carl, another week is coming gone here. But before we get uh, right into everything here, let's uh, take an opportunity, a chance here to talk about our fine sponsors of this program. Yeah, I mean... We've got CollarAndElbowBrand.com. You guys just heard that in the intro music that we had. Collar and Elbow is a product. T-shirts, hats, uh, sweatpants, shorts, a a towel even. They've got a little towel for you guys. Everything is there. There's stickers. I use them as bumper stickers on my car. All of this different stuff brought to you by the amazing mind of Al Snow. He went through and created this company for wrestling fans and is toting it as the wrestling brand. Now you guys can take advantage of everything collar and elbow brand by going to their website or taking a look at our social media. We do have a link there to collar and elbow brand as well, but you guys can check out collar and elbow brand.com. When you do make a purchase at the checkout, you can use the promo code JK podcast and get 10% off your entire order. Yes, and even there, you will now be able to find, of course, this would be our product of the week, the Mick Foley-esque um, flannel shirt, which he was sporting on the last episode of Monday Night Raw. That's right. This flannel shirt that you guys can get will include on the back the Support Your Wrestler logo, mm-hmm. as well as collar and elbow brand up at the top left-hand side of the shirt. The shirt does have two pockets on the front as well. You can roll up the sleeves and you can button the sleeve up so that you have a t-shirt-esque kind of flannel or you can wear it long sleeve. Mm-hmm. We have another sponsor that has just come on board recently with us, and this goes out to anyone who is a vapor. I am a vapor myself. I have been vaping for a couple of years now, and this company got into contact with us and said, we want to sponsor you. So a big shout out to Hype City Vapors. You guys can go and check them out at HypeCityVapors.com for all of your vape juice needs. That is what they deal in. They deal in strictly vape juice. They have regular juice and they have Nixalt juice as well. And along with that, if you guys purchase, make sure you use the promo code JKPODCAST and you will get 15% off your entire order. Yep, I mean, uh, two great deals from two great companies there. Uh, take advantage of that and uh, allows you to uh, support us as well. So it's kind of a uh, win-win for everybody. There. That's right. All right, well, let's get into our wrestling discussion for this week, Carl. And uh, some some interesting stuff kind of going on. Um WWE and non-WWE related. Um, I think the first thing that we'll kind of get into, and, and this will lead into our, our main uh, topic that will come up at the end of the episode here, and this is um, dealing with going into Hell in a Cell, the pavery coming up here. Yes. With this being the, the go-home show for coming into Hell in a Cell, it was, the majority of it was, we'll say, you know, very, very lackluster, but they did have two very cool things that happened. First of all, we had Elias coming out and doing his usual in the crowd, kind of working them up. And then this happened. That was sort of rude. I mean, Mick was an invited guest, I get it, but he interrupted Elias. Mick Foley is here. I love Elias, but I welcome this interruption. You don't have a sincere bone in your body. Sincere. Sincere. Look, Mick, I I know why you're out here, okay? 
You're out here because you want to talk about the, the 20th anniversary of the infamous Hell in a Cell match of you and The Undertaker. Now listen, I'd be lying if I were to say that that wasn't a special moment, that you were something special. I mean, that is the stuff of legend. But that was then, and this is now. And you're standing in the ring with Elias. And I am standing in the ring with a broken man. A broken man who is singing the same sad song he's been singing for the last 20 years, and he barely remembers the words. I actually didn't come here to talk about the past. I came here to address the future. Oh, the future. You want to talk about the future? Well, guess what, Mick? You're talking to the future. You keep your head straight, your eyes on the prize. I see in front of me a future WWE Universal Champion. But I'm not talking about someone dominating for years to come. I'm talking about the very near future, six nights from tonight. You see, despite my differences with Stephanie McMahon, I live very close, just a short ferry ride away from Connecticut. So uninvited, unannounced, I arrived and made her a proposition. And I said, Stephanie, with the Hell in a Cell 20th anniversary rolling around, don't, don't let me be the guy on the couch watching this show. For the sake of history, let me play a role. Let me, let me ring the bell. Let me keep the time. Let me... Mick, Mick, if... If I know Steph like I do, my guess is that she laughed right in your face. She did. Right, right in my face. And then I reminded her of a moment in time after I'd been thrown off that massive structure. They brought a, a gurney, a stretcher on wheels out, but the, there was nowhere for the gurney to go. So the massive cell started ascending towards the heavens with the undertaker on top. And as that stretcher rolled out, the fans, they knew! They didn't think they knew! That match was over! But on that one night, because there was an element of magic out there that made me feel like I was tougher and stronger and braver than I'd ever been before, and I know for a fact tougher and stronger and braver than I've ever been again, I found the strength to roll off that gurney. And as I began to ascend that massive structure one more time, there was an electricity in the air. And if you could have bottled it to the source you could have lit up the city of Pittsburgh for a week. And so I explained to Stephanie my challenge. How can I feel as alive as that night 20 years ago when I was almost dead? So I'm here to tell you that six nights from now, I'm not going to be ringing a bell. I'm not going to be keeping time. I won't be around ringside at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view at all. You see, when that door slammed shut, on Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns. When their future meets my past and the future becomes now, I'll be locked inside with them as a special referee at hell in a cell. Baby! Baby! So there you go. In one word, wow. Always a great show of emotion and promo from McFoley. I mean, that guy has always been able to do that and delivered yet again. Yeah, a, a guy that just no matter we may have mentioned it before, but you, you you look at him and you don't think wrestling legend. You don't think somebody that could be capable of anything. But I mean, he is somebody that I think anybody kind of looking at getting into the business and thinking, oh, you know, maybe you know. No, I, somebody that just a normal person like me can't do it. Mick is a perfect example of, of the fact that anybody with enough determination can make it happen. Definitely. I mean, like you said there, I mean, you look at Mick Foley and he's, he's a, a bigger guy. He didn't have the six pack or eight pack abs. He nope. didn't look like the uh, bodybuilder type. He was, he was always a, a big guy who sported this beard, had teeth missing. Uh, you know, his hair was always kind of just messed up in like a, I just got out of bed fashion, yep. uh, but man, could he deliver no matter where he was, no matter what city he was in, no matter how big the crowd, the guy delivered. Mm -hmm. So he is going to be, like he said, 
part of that um, match between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. And I just, I just, I hope that if he does get involved in a physical capacity, that just be careful, Mick. Yeah, be, be careful because I know the. I know the the Mick Foley the 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 wrestler in him is going to want to do something big and probably get that wow moment maybe for one last kind of thing there. But I'll, I'll say, sir, be careful if he chose to go down that path. I think it, honestly, the only path that he's going to go down in this type of scenario is going to be Mister Socko. I cool. I don't think that he's really going to do any big spot because he knows. He knows that, you know, his time was there 20 years ago, and now this is their time, and he's going to let them do their thing and shine, Mm -hmm. but there could be a possibility that we'll see a Mr. Socko decide to make his appearance. Now, another cool thing that happened on Monday Night Raw, like I said, I mentioned you know, mainly two th- cool things that happened. And you know, this is something that uh, you know, definitely cannot be overlooked because, uh, you know, especially now in an era where women are really starting to more or less kind of take over in the, the pro wrestling business, Renee Young taking over as a permanent member of the color commentary team for Raw. Yes, and who did she replace? <laughs> Coach. Jonathan Coachman, the man who came back not that long ago. It's it's only been maybe about a year that he's been back, yeah. um, no longer on the commentary team with Raw. Uh, Renee Young has now been given and has stepped into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could not be happier for the fellow Canadian yep. who is making it big, not as a professional wrestler, but in a different capacity with the WWE. Um, it'll be nice to see because you know definitely with um, with Corey Graves and Saxon and definitely to a certain extent uh, with uh, with Coach as well, that it really turned into a a kind of bickering and a poking fun of each other during commentary and, and not coming off as as well done. Like it just it looked like two people bickering over over silly kind of stuff. It, you know, it definitely wasn't like you know to the level of a Gorilla Monsoon and just you know that 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 did it and they did it very well. This was more of like people that just didn't belong to get together and commentary. Yeah, it it didn't seem as though that it was just uh, playful banter between the two of them. It really seemed like there was some some legitimate heat between the two of them, and they just really did not like each other and were trying to uh, really get their jabs in, and and it it honestly came through on screen. You mentioned before, you know, especially with over NXT. Where you where you have you know really well done commentary, you know, and it, with tons of energy, you know, and and then we went over to to the main roster and, and it just it felt like, you know, these people you know, don't gel together as well. And you know, the commentary team it, it's a big part of a person watching a professional wrestling match because it really helps to get you invested in it. And when that falls short, then the whole thing starts to fall apart. As unfortunate it is to say, I mean, I have watched on on just YouTube, like Mm -hmm. looked up independent wrestling promotions and commentary teams from there work so much better together than we've seen on what is supposed to be the most legitimate and professional uh, show and program out there today with the biggest professional wrestling company. And if they're missing the mark on that, something's wrong. Uh, this is going to become kind of a reoccurring theme uh, kind of with this episode and going a little bit uh, in the future as well, where, it, you know, s- seemingly the biggest company in the world, WWE, really falling short in this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get more into that uh, in a little bit. But a really, really good thing happening right now, of course, uh, coming out of All In with Cody winning the NWA world title from uh, Nick Aldis, there is going to be a rematch at that for at the uh, 70th um, anniversary Nashville, Tennessee, October 21st. That's right. Before we kind of get into that, I do, and, and I hate doing this on air, but I, but I, I need to correct you just a little bit. Oh, um, it is the NWA World's yes. Heavyweight Championship. It's it's just a very, it's again, and I always come back to it, it's that those little things, yep. right? So uh, for me, I've always looked at it as the NWA is saying that they are the world's champion, which for me, in my head, I'm going, it doesn't matter if it's Earth, it doesn't matter if it's the moon, it doesn't matter if it's Mars, it doesn't matter if it's Saturn, if it's Jupiter, if it's Pluto, it doesn't matter where it is. The world, the world's, all of the different worlds that there could be out there, this is the championship that encompasses all of them. So I guess you could kind of say that they are the original universal champions, but... I, I love the fact that it's world's 
champion. And yeah, just again, those little things. Amazingly enough, just that one letter makes it sound all that more legitimate. It does. <laughs> all right. So, so yeah, look, really looking forward to seeing what this happen, how this is going to go down. I mean, I, I can't see it not being something really, really special. But, you know, the main thing that we want to kind of get at here is that um, seemingly, and this is coming from the one of our other shows on Aurora Network here with Going Home with Ryan and Mike, where uh, Ryan kind of pitched the idea of a potential title match between Sammy Callahan and Cody Rhodes. And I think that that match would be, in one word, money. 100% it would be. I mean, Sammy Callahan is such a draw and such an amazing worker. And then, honestly, it doesn't matter if it's either one of those two guys. It doesn't matter if it's Cody or if it's Nick. Having a match with Sammy Callahan between one of those two people would be amazing on its own. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had to pick out of the two, which would you rather do you think you'd want to see happen? Cody. Cody, yeah, especially coming out of all in with the momentum that him and the young bucks and the whole the whole dealer going that uh, that would I, I think it would be it might be kind of overstating to say it'd be like a, like a cornerstone in in professional wrestling history, but I think it could be something pulled off carefully, you know, not just like a big street fight type of match or anything, but a good legitimate professional wrestling match for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship that it could be really something significant. Now, I do, I do want to kind of clear up a little bit of misconception that people are, are, are having at this time when it comes to uh, the all-in show that happened mm-hmm. and and the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship match. Um, now, I understand, and everybody really knows, that Cody and uh, Matt and Nick with the Young Bucks, they, they booked the show. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they were calling the shots. They, they were doing all of it. Except for when it came to the Ring of Honor Championship yep. and it came to the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Mm-hmm. Both of them had, or I mean, not both of them, all three of them had absolutely no say in who was winning or losing those matches. That was determined by those companies, respectively. So for anybody that's that's out there going, oh, you know, Cody won that, you know, World's Heavyweight Championship because he booked it that way. He didn't. Mm-hmm. He really didn't. This is all the NWA that went through and said, no, Cody's Cody's going over. Cody's going to win this championship belt. And, I mean, I'm, we're breaking a little bit of kayfabe here and kind of giving people a little bit of an insight into, you know, how things are done. But in, in today's day and age, everybody knows that, you know, the shows are predetermined on who's going to win and who's mm-hmm. going to lose. But this was, was a decision by the NWA, not Cody, just to put himself over. Yeah, and again, just a really significant moment. Again, you know, like, it's Dusty Rhodes' kid winning that, that title. And we we had a former, you know, champion in WCW and WWE with Diamond Dallas Page Trump and doing that show for no money. He did nothing. Not, he did that for absolutely for free because he wanted to be there for Cody because, you know, he was such a, he had such a strong relationship with Dusty as well, right? So it was a really special moment. So for those who are saying that, uh, oh, because he's running the show, that he just decided to put the belt on himself, definitely not the case at all. No, but we come forward now, and in the very near future, we are going to have the NWA 70th anniversary mm-hmm. show happening in October. It's going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, and it is going to be, yet again, an amazing show that's put on. Um, I mean, it's it, it has nothing to do with All In anymore. This is now just the NWA celebrating 70 years of being in the professional wrestling business. That's huge. That is a huge milestone. And to see some of the names that have come up through the ranks 70 years ago till now that have held that NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, to have it culminate now with Cody and Nick to as I guess we could tout it, Mm -hmm. Cody and Nick too for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship title is going to be amazing. Honestly, however it comes to the end of this match, it doesn't matter at this point because the first showing was a great matchup between the two of them, and I'm sure they're going to step it up again and possibly make this a better match than their first. I have a feeling that whole event will be something significant. And with it happening in Nashville, Tennessee, 
Folks, that is Jeff Jarrett territory. That's right. And who knows, we might even see our former guest, Jeff Jarrett, show up on that. And maybe not coming alone, maybe uh, coming with the old El Caboon there and maybe uh, making his presence felt. I can almost guarantee you Jeff will want to be involved in that oh, in some yeah. capacity. Oh, yeah. And, of course, you know, dealing w- with, uh, with that now, with the WWE aspect kind of coming into this, with all of this talent doing so well at All In and such an impact, WWE has to have an eye on some of this talent. And I figured, you know, we, we talk a little bit about this and see if any of us, either of us here, Carl, think that, that any of these guys could be possibly looking at getting signed by WWE. At this point in the game, I mean, the possibilities are endless. They, I mean, they, they have such a plethora of, of talent that was on that show between all the men and the women that were on there that... I mean, really, they could have their their pick of anybody that was there. They could go to any of them with a contract and say, listen, we saw. Mm-hmm. We saw what you did. We know that you can work. We want you as part of our team, right? Will it happen? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think that the WWE is really going to reach out to any of them because of All In. Yeah. Um, they may reach out to, you know, other people because of stuff that they've done with the with other companies and and a name that they're building for themselves. But because of all in, I don't think that we're gonna see the WWE reach out to any of them. With the with that, I would I would say that I'm definitely inclined to agree with you. And you know, definitely the the fan, you know, in me doesn't necessarily want to see them go to W because you know, the inevitable thing could possibly happen to where they get misused and blah, 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 and all that. You know, that's always a potential thing here. One thing that we have to take into consideration, too, here is with, you know, with Cody, with Kenny, with the Young Bucks, with Hangman Page, you know, with what they're calling the elite uh, members of the Bull Club, they've stated that if any of them are going to go anywhere, you're taking us all as a group. So, the, the, and I'm not saying just the entire Bullet Club as a whole, because that would be like one of the most huge, ridiculous yeah. signings yeah. in the history of the business, but just that what they consider the elite group of the, w, of the uh, sorry, the Bullet Club, you know, they'd have to take them all. And to me, that shows uh, that that's something that's rare in the business for, for a stable, like, and especially that big to say that, you know, we're sticking together. Yep. So, <laughs> significant. Kind of coming back to the point of WWE not going after anybody from because of all in, I think again that they won't do that for this reason. Mm-hmm. Because if the WWE decides after all in to go after any of these talent that's there, they're setting a precedence and showing that hey, these guys did better than we could, and now we want what they have. Yeah. to come over to us, right? So it's going to kind of show that the WWE is like, eh, we're not doing so hot, so maybe we need to grab some of these guys that really made a good name for themselves at this pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah, I don't think so. Another thing, too, is to look at the potential ceiling for these guys if they come over to WWE. Let's just look at the guys size-wise. Cody, um, the, the Young Bucks, Marty Skrull, these guys are all like cruiserweight territory. 205 Live or something like that could end up being the ceiling for these guys, and these guys could come over and, you know, just get lost in the shuffle. So yeah. I say to these, to these guys, if any of you guys happen to listen to this episode, I'm hoping maybe one or at least a few of you do, keep doing what you're doing because, damn it, it's working. It is. And it if, is. And the old saying, as cliche as, as it is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's Oops. right. Right? So, all right. Well, I think we'll take a little bit of a break here, Carl. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about something interesting for WWE to do. And this involves Velveteen Dream coming up here. Oh. So let's uh, take a little break here and we'll be right back. From the GorillaPosition.com and the Roar Network here with a very important message. This commercial that you're hearing right now this very audio, this prime piece of real estate can be yours. That's right, your product, service, show, or whatever you need to bring attention to can be done right here on this very podcast or on any of our shows here on the Roar Network. But that's not all. A host of other services can also be yours. Communications, news releases, video editing and production, any number of public relations and marketing services are available for the asking. Contact us at thegorillaposition1 at gmail.com today to find out how we can help you grow your audience, your bookings, your attendance, and your business. 
Whoa! G'day, Maddie's Bushwhacker, Luke here. 2015 Hall of Famer. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah! Whoa! What's up, everybody? This is Mr. Stud Tackler, Mr. 205 Live, Bryson Scott, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. Guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafello here back on the JNK podcast. Yes, we are. And of course, included in that, you got to hear from last week's guest, Bryson Scott. Yep. And of course, uh, Michael Melkor, um, executive editor over at thegrillposition.com, with uh, talking about all the kind of stuff they offer over at thegrillposition.com. So make sure and go and check that out as well. Yes. You got to hear from one of our former guests, Bushwhacker Luke, as well. I mean, just it, it's uh, another one of those guys where I just, I, I still have to kind of pinch myself occasionally go out. there's a bit of a story to go with that i don't know how much of it we can tell on this episode but to give you a bit of an idea when we called bushwhacker luke and it was on skype he wasn't maybe in the most presentable uh attire let's just put it that way yeah we we (laughs) we did video call with him over skype and he he was not dressed appropriately (laughs) let's put it that way but it didn't take away from it. it it was definitely one of the cooler moments uh you know, in my podcasting career, let's put it that way. To get to talk with Bushwhacker Luke, I mean, uh, I still mark out over that. Oh, yeah. All right, so we're going to get into uh, our next discussion here, Carl. Like I mentioned, uh, Velveteen Dream, getting to go over and uh, do some work at Evolve recently. With who? After getting to do a match with Austin Theory was the, the guy's name. Nice. And after the match here, I'm almost kind of debating where to actually play this clip, but uh, I think we'll just kind of talk about it. He uh, basically came on after the match, after a very good match from uh, the bit that I saw there, and just thank, thanking the fans and thanking the promotion and saying, this isn't the last that you're going to see of me here. That's that's huge. Mm-hmm. That honestly is is something very huge and something that the WWE is not known for doing. So I know that we, we really talk down a lot lately about the WWE and, you know, the approach and, and the way that they're, they're going about things and doing things. And I mean, we, we realize and we recognize that they are the biggest company in the world. And and we understand that they are uh, continuously doing uh, good things. We, we, we do, we do see that. And we know that they're not going anywhere and that whatever they're doing is working because they're still making money. Mm-hmm. But this is huge to be able to see them allowing their talent to <coughs> go over to a different promotion while mm-hmm. they're under contract with the WWE is just amazing. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't seen uh, the match that was done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen the uh, the post match speech that that had happened as well. But I'm I'm curious, and I may have to go and actually watch it. I'm curious to see how much WWE was talked about or mentioned during the match, and if this is just a uh, shameless plug for the WWE to be able to maybe recruit or get fans to start watching WWE instead of Evolve. Well, I can't say that he really didn't say much, you know, specifically about WWE. He was more or less just kind of thanking the crowd and saying, you know, you guys were awesome and, you know, thanking them for the opportunity to kind of be there. And it was it, outside of, of, of his character, which is very flamboyant, very over the top. He does it extremely well, by the way. You know, just very, very humble and just thanking this uh, relatively small crowd when it comes to uh, you know WWE and whatnot and a real show of class I, I will say and, and this is gonna really bode well for him going forward and, ho- and hopefully for the WWE as well mm-hmm. I mean if they continue to do stuff like this it's only going to help build the product of the independent company that uh, the the talent is going to work for as well as for the overall with the WWE. Mm-hmm. And kind of going along the same 
kind of deal here. Uh, WWE doing some other kind of cool stuff, and namely with uh, Luke Harper and Tyler Breeze. Because with, uh, with Rowan being injured recently and um, with things kind of seemingly being up in the air with the fashion police with Tyler Breeze and, and his name kind of escapes Fondango. me now. With Fandango, that's right. Yep. Thank you. And WWE doing the unexpected with these guys and not just kind of jobbing them out or letting them kind of rot on the main roster. What they did, and congrats to whoever's idea this was, sent Harper over to have a North American title match with Ricochet and also Tyler Breeze getting to work with Ricochet as well over in NXT on these live events. This, this, this is huge. I mean, hopefully at some point we're going to um, maybe see them on NXT television programming. Mm-hmm. Um, I had thought that it was. I thought that it, that these matches were done for, for an NXT taping. Um, I'm learning different now. I'm learning that they were just on house shows, but... Mm-hmm. Still, I mean, this this isn't something that we that we hear a lot about is main roster guys going back down, and especially main roster guys who aren't seemingly the biggest names in the company. I mean, these guys are are kind of mid card uh, when it comes to their their hierarchy within the the main roster of the WWE. Mm-hmm. So to see them bring. And I don't even want to say bring back down, but allow a main roster talent, and in this case, two main roster talents, to go and perform in front of an NXT crowd at a house show shows a, a real class with the WWE for them recognizing that these guys have talents and if we don't keep them working and continue to have them doing matches, they're going to not necessarily lose what they have, but... I mean, if you don't do something for a while, you kind of get rusty at it, right? Mm. So by keeping the two of them working some NXT house shows is going to keep them on point and keep that rust off of them and allow them to showcase what they can do with their talent to the NXT crowd and hopefully, again, just betterment for the WWE main roster. Maybe this will get more people involved in watching Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, so with these NXT house shows, if you get a chance, I don't think there's a lot of full ones posted on YouTube and uh, WWE whatnot, but you'll see like little snippets and everything. They really, they go all out on these shows, and you know when you have this third show, when you have these guys that are you know part of these tag teams, and one of the guys drops out with an injury or something personal happens, there's your outlet to continue to use them, whether it be on those live shows or whether it be on uh, NXT, the show itself. You have yeah. that, that third outlet. Make use of it when these guys are kind of in limbo there. Your Zack Ryder's, your Apollo Cruises, and whatnot. There you go. You know, and with Tyler Breeze, I think specifically going up there, it. You can make the argument that's a step up for him. Yeah. You know, to where it's currently been, right? To, to go to have a match with Ricochet on an NXT live event. I mean, that's tough to beat. That is. So, you know, it's, I'm happy to see this kind of stuff happening. At the same time, it's kind of perplexing to me when you see them doing kind of cool stuff like this. And then you go to, you know, what happens on this kind of main roster. I, I don't, you just kind of mentioned, you know, that sometimes we seem to kind of talk down, but. Right now, it's hard not to with the main <laughs> roster stuff. You know, the, this past Monday night, okay, we're going into Hell in a Cell pay-per-view here, and this was yeah. the go-home episode of Monday Night Raw. And outside of Renee starting on commentary and Mick coming out, you know, to say that he's beginning to be involved in the Hell in a Cell match, I had to look it up to see what the matches were for Hell in a Cell here. Yeah, there's really <laughs> been not a lot of promotion, not a lot of storyline developments, a lot, not a lot of, of really anything when it comes to this. I mean, a couple, you know, snippets here and there, whatever. And um, mm-hmm. even like like my wife, she even had mentioned to me as well that, you know, she hasn't really seen anything on, on Facebook or any type of social media. Mm-hmm. She's seen a lot of... Um, uh, the, this past Hell in a Cell or that past Hell in a Cell. And I mean, we I, we subscribe to the WWE Network here in my house. And she's like, yeah, like I'll, I'll look through and I see like on the WWE Network that they're showing like Hell in a Cell from 2005 and Hell in a Cell yeah. from like 2009. She's like, what's up with that? Why aren't they like doing up video packages and airing an, uh, an hour long video package for all these matches that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's something that she had said and mentioned. And, and I think it's a phenomenal idea. 
take what you would normally put onto the uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown shows, put it into a big video package showcasing all the talent that's going to be there and showcasing the the uh, amount of of matches that there's going to be and and how everything led up to these matches and do you know 10 minute snippets of each one of them that's going to fill up an hour for you Mm -hmm. you're good you're good to go to give you some some more kind of context here before i start listening to them all off i will say that i think with the exception of one match these are essentially all SummerSlam rematches yes (laughs) okay so we have daniel bryan and brie bella who almost killed herself on the on about two weeks ago Mm. doing a couple dives to the outside and the miz and maurice so a mixed tag team match i mean what there's not much to say about this with the limitations of what they can do in a in a mixed tag team match, you know, outside WWE, you know, everybody gets to wrestle. Everybody here in WWE, they can't. So they're extremely limited. I don't see this being anything special. No. You have AJ Styles against Samoa Joe again at Hell in a Cell, not in the Cell. Nope. <laughs> we have the New Day versus it, opponents yet to be determined. We're less than a week away from Hell in a Cell. We don't know who they're, they're going to be wrestling at Hell That's in a right. Cell. We have, we mentioned Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman happening in the Cell for the universal title. So technically, I know it says on, on here that this is him cashing in, but technically he's not really cashing in to get this opportunity. He's been kind of giving him this opportunity. So it's, it's a little kind of confusing there to say the least. No, no. It, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, yeah. he, he did, he yeah. did come out and with, with the briefcase and yeah. say, I'm cashing in. Yeah. Not now, yeah. but I'm cashing in at hell in a cell. And he essentially like gave the briefcase and said, "This is yeah. my cash in, right?" So I mean, it and 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 it's it's stipulated when you win when you win the uh, the money in the bank contract yeah. that it's any time you want. Yeah. So instead of just coming out and doing a big, uh, you know, I'm cashing in now because this person's been beaten down, they kind of took yeah. a little bit of a different direction with it, which I'm happy about. And yeah. they they were like, "No, okay, Braun Strowman, he's gonna he's cashing in, yeah. but he said." Take your time, prepare because it's going to be at hell in a cell. I'm going to do yeah. it on that stage inside the cell, and that's how we're going to go about it. Yeah. So, for that, yes, that's his cash in. Yeah, and it's just that it wasn't an immediate cash in, but a cash in that's going to happen at a predetermined time. Mm. So, look, a couple of funky things here with me that the, the whole concept of the money in the bank thing to where it's like it's not considered a thing until the, the actual physical handing of the of the briefcase happens to the ref, even though the guy says, okay, I'm cashing in until that actual physical exchange happens. Cause we saw with, with Strom saying that he's cashing in, but then Brock grabbed the case and chucked it up the ramp. Yeah. You know, it's a little kind of uh, hokey there, but it's rib WWE's alley. But, uh, is there any chance, as I just mentioned his name, is there, do you think there's any chance in hell? Like, um, Vince likes to say that Brock will show up at all and influence this. No, no, no. Uh, Short I, answer. I agree. <laughs> it would. It would be. Uh, yeah. It, it's. It is what it is. Now we're also going to have Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship match. <laughs> um. Again. Everybody knows that I am a huge fan of Alexa yeah. Bliss. I'm. I'm not interested in this match. I mean, it has Alexa Bliss in it. I should be very interested in this match, but Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that it's just going to go uh, almost like a squash match where Ronda Rousey as the champion is just going to squash Alexa Bliss, and it's not even going to be in a wrestling match, but in a um, half-breed wrestling MMA-style matchup that's going to happen at this show. Yeah, I agree, and it's it's always a little you know for me personally to watch Ronda work in the ring with other wrestlers, and uh, you know hopefully nobody gets hurt. You know hopefully they can pull off something kind of decent. But again, you know they're, I'm not really invested in a whole lot uh, with this, and I'm just hoping maybe the, the work on maybe the appearance a little because last time Ronda had a big match here, she came out and was looking like a raccoon with the makeup. Yeah. So I think they need to to kind of tweak that because that looked bizarre. And I think another thing that they need to do too is decide. Is Rhonda a heel or a face? Because she comes out, does her entrance, and she's all happy, waving and smiling. And then it's like, whew, then this kind of turns into like, okay, I'm a heel now. Yeah. The, you, you need to make a clear definition there. Are you a good, can't say good guy, because we're talking women wrestlers. Are you good? Are you bad? Yeah. Because she, she's like an in-between. 
You know, and, it, and it's confusing the hell out of me. She's a, she's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's again, half breed. <laughs> now, next up we have a match that on paper should be, should be awesome. We have Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton and only the second Hell in a Cell match in the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view too, by the way. And I should be extremely excited about this match, but I'm not. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been some build up, and there's been some you know little things yeah. that have happened throughout the last like four or five months, um, culminating to this. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't feel big match. It no. it feels very just kind of thrown together because the build up and the hype that's come from this has really just been Randy Orton going out there. Um, giving in RKO and then walking up the ramp or coming out there staring down and then turning around and leaving without doing anything or coming into the ring and while Jeff Hardy is down on the mat or even uh, at the time Shinsuke Nakamura is down on the mat just just give them a, a stomp to the uh, to the midsection and then leaves again like it's just I don't know it seems very uh, and we've talked about this before, but it seems very safe. Yeah. Well, the buildup to this has been Jeff Hardy mainly wrestling Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. While they're seemingly having this thing with Randy Orton, it's another thing where I'm just like, I think that, you know, and I've mentioned this, um, you know, talking outside of the podcast, and I'm sure I, I think I've hinted at before that I think the the bigger issue kind of going on here before we get to the last couple matches that are set to be on the card here is right now currently you know, worldwide, let's let's say WWE is trying to do too much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. They, they they really are. Um kind of going along with this whole Hell in a Cell theme right now, I I we talked about this outside of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that the WWE is like you said, doing too much and spreading themselves too thin thinly when it comes to the amount of shows and pay-per-views that they're doing right now it's it's so difficult to be able to really i don't want to say keep up but it's 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 hard because you know you've got this pay-per-view that happens on the sunday and then two weeks you've got and for us because we're professional wrestling fans of all professional wrestling right mm-hmm. and then we've got like all in that happens and then like an, a week later we've got you know hell in a cell and then you know two weeks later from that we're gonna have like the next pay-per-view and then it'll be you know three weeks and then there's the next pay-per-view it, there just doesn't seem to be enough time in between the shows that are happening yeah. uh within the wwe i'm just speaking now to really build anything and make it good mm-hmm. you know i think kind of worded very simply and very similar to how i've kind of worded it it's coming right from stone cold steve austin i mean it doesn't get any more credible than that sometimes when i watch the main roster stuff it's like they're trying to play to so many people that the storylines get kind of convoluted yeah and I, I can't really say it much better myself you know you've got this super show thing coming up in australia you've got the women's evolution match you get, supposedly they're going to go to saudi arabia and do another thing there too which in my opinion, kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Now they're doing this women's evolution stuff and then going to a place where women can't compete, you know, just to, to appeal to this Saudi prince or whatever, you know, because he wants to see Undertaker and Triple H wrestle again. Yeah. You know, which I mean, that's a whole other discussion in itself. But you know, they're just, they're, they're trying to do too much. And, and it's bizarre because when you see, you know, in the internet wrestling community, there's some people that are even like, geez, you know, I wish that they would, you know, bring back ECW and WCW again and have them be brands on there. Really, that would be just a death move for WWE to, yeah. to include more brands at this point. Now, it, it, like you said, you know, things are already stretched so thin as it is. If they did that, man, it would just be, it'd be impossible to watch. Yep, it would be. So, you know. Off on a tangent there, but uh, let's talk about the, the last couple of matches. We have Charlotte Flair against Becky Lynch for that uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. Yep. And, you know, this would be so much cooler if the rules were re- reversed. If Charlotte was the heel, like she should be, and Becky being the, the one chasing that title as the babyface. But the rules are completely reversed here, and it, it feels completely bass-ackwards, for lack of a better term. And I don't know if you, if you're really thinking of it that way because you are a huge Becky Lynch fan or not. Personally. But I I personally I love it. Mm. I love the fact that Becky Lynch, who has been this this happy go lucky uh, uh, face for 
so long within the company of the WWE now is going my opportunity keeps getting squandered and, and, and it keeps going to the wayside and, and I keep getting put into these, you know, three way matches and I'm not getting a real shot at winning the championship belt. And I keep being pushed off to the side. Screw this. I'm done. I'm pissed off now. Mm. And this is what we're seeing a pissed off Becky Lynch, who has now turned herself around going, I, I can't be this good person anymore because the more good that I'm doing and the, the more good person that I am, I just keep getting pushed to the wayside. So screw you. I'm now going after what I want. I'm doing what I want. I'm going to be that quote unquote bad guy and I'm going for it. So to see that change in Becky Lynch go from the good girl to this bad girl, I love it. And I love that they're playing off of this. Yeah, you definitely make some good points there. And I'm, I'm very glad that this is just a one-on-one match. And hopefully there's no like James yeah. Ellsworth or any other kind of shenanigans that happens. You know, it, it, my like I said, you know, my only kind of beef here is that it seems like, you know, and I, and I think I can include Becky Lynch on this list. It seems like, you know, she was finally, before she turned the heel, she was finally getting some momentum. The car was really behind her. And it's and it's like, you know, whoever is responsible for, sees this happening. It's like, how dare you get yourself over? Turn them heel. They did it with, with uh, they did it with Braun Strowman as well. Yeah. You know, so and that, that's my only beef. You know, I hope it turns out good and just no shenanigans. Let it just be a one-on-one match and... <laughs> We'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. Yeah. So the last uh, match that's uh, scheduled to be on here, um, you know, only eight matches. I mean, I think there has to be maybe a couple more at some point. But um, I'm seeing Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, who should by now be getting his singles push, but it's still his lackey against the the, the Shield with uh, Roman with uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. We'll see if Roman will be, uh, you know, there at all for this. I'm. I'm Almost bank on it. He probably will be, you know, for that uh, Raw Tag Team Championship. And, you know, you know, with this being the last one I'm talking about, I mean, it's likely not going to be the main event, and, and it probably shouldn't be. But um, it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, it's a tag team match. They've been doing this on house shows. It's been happening on Raw. I have no investment in it whatsoever. No, I, I really don't either. And, I mean, just... Them reforming the Shield was not something that really needed to happen, and I hate that they're touting them as the Shield again, even if it's just Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. They've proven that they are individuals, and they've proven that they can do great things on their own. We don't need the two of them together again. We we just... Or or the three of them. We don't need the three of them together again. Um, But, I mean, having Ziggler and Drew McIntyre as the the champions right now, I would have rather have seen the B team Hmm. in this match as opposed to the Shield. Yeah. Why are we not? And 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 I'm gonna you know a little bit of a tangent here, but we we were we were seeing the B team and they were losing, they were losing, they were losing, and then they 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 kind of won, and then they started winning, and then they got the tag team championship belts, but then they lost the belts. Why are we not seeing a continuation of Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre versus the B team to really push the 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 tag teams Mm -hmm. that are in the company right now as opposed to oh let's put the shield back together and use two of those guys in in this match as a tag team instead stop doing that you have tag teams there use them you want to know what my theory is what's that and it goes along to what i've been talking (laughs) about it's because the b team was getting over with the crowd and the power that be said notice that and be like no i see you're getting over you're squashed yeah that, yeah. Let's bring back the shield um, because I think that that's cool and screw you. That's what I want. Yep. That's, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> it, it, it's hard to, to not see it that way, you know, and, oh, you know, eight matches on a big pay-per-view like this, you know, I don't see anything showing for a pre-show, you know, I'm, sh- I'm assuming they're able to throw a couple things together, you know, I'm, I'm, I've never... Hell in a Cell used to be a really cool thing. Going back to you know at the top of the show with, you know, man with the mankind at the time being thrown off. That's uh, that's so that really turned that into a special thing. And yeah. then now it, it's, I hate to almost kind of say it, but it just it feels again like it's just going to be with the exception of a couple Hell in a Cell actual matches here, no really other stipulations for matches. So it just it it's going to feel like the weekly program but stretched out. Yeah, you know so. 
hopefully they can prove us wrong here, but my expectations, I have to be honest, are very low going into this. Yep. They, they definitely are. Expectations are not anywhere that they should be right now for especially a WWE pay-per-view. Mm. Going into it with an open mind, definitely, as we always do. But, mm-hmm. I mean, no hopes are up. And, and with, you know, look at the bigger wrestling picture here with All In just happening. What, what Impact is doing right now. Yes. And NWA and Ring of Honor and, and, you know, the working relationship with New Japan and all these guys kind of working together. You know, the landscape outside of WWE is so freaking amazing, for lack of a better term here, that thankfully there's this great alternative almost basically everywhere else to offset this. That's right. You know, so... You know, it's not all doom and gloom when it comes to wrestling with WWE. Yeah, it is pretty sketchy outside of the NXT stuff, which is continuing to be very well done. But thankfully, you know, basically everywhere else, you know, including your local promotions. If, if you guys live in an area where there's a local promotion that, that runs, do yourself a favor. Go check it out. You'll probably see some significant names that come out. If you're down in Rome, Georgia, you're going to see that Superstars of Wrestling. Yes. That uh, Air Paris is putting on. I mean, pretty much like any kind of type of wrestling you're going to get to see at that show. I mean, uh, there's some great wrestling around. Don't just limit yourself to WWE. No, open yourself up. There's (laughs) a whole world of different professional wrestling organizations that are out there, and all of them have something different to offer. I mean... We're not a big fan of this company, but you've got something like C C uh, CZW. Yeah. Um, I stuttered there a little bit. I don't know why, but CZW. It's a tough name to say. It is. They are more of a uh, hardcore shock core kind of wrestling promotion. Um, but I mean, that appeals to some people. Absolutely. Right. And then you've got other companies like Canadian Wrestling's Elite Absolutely. that goes out there and does a cross Canada tour. I think their upcoming tour is going to be um, huge. Yep. It's going to be the biggest one ever. Uh, it's it's over, uh, I believe, a month, at least a month long is mm-hmm. what they're doing. And just huge names that they're always bringing in as well. This next tour, if you are in Canada and you are listening to this and you have an opportunity to go see the CWE on their strutting and cutting tour. They are going to have Brutus the Barber Beefcake on tour with them. So huge things within the world of professional wrestling all over the country, uh, all over the North America, all over the Europe, all over the Asia, all over the Australia, all over the world. Mm-hmm. There is so much professional wrestling out there that you don't have to limit yourself to what you're seeing on television programming with the WWE every week. No, and especially as a Canadian wrestling fan, and speaking for myself as well, that you know these other outlets are very accessible. Even if you don't get to go see them in person, you know, like Ring of Honor, like uh, Impact. You know, and other stuff there. There's easy ways to, to stream it online as well. Like here in Canada, at least in the Ontario part of Canada, to, to watch the WWE Network, you need to have a cable subscription. And then you can subscribe to the WWE Network. Whereas, you know, with the Honor Club and, and with uh, the Global Wrestling Network, you don't need to be tied to the, the cable providers. You can just go subscribe to their network and, and enjoy it in whatever weight capacity that you want that's right right so it's a it's a very cool time to be a wrestling fan you know like we mentioned you know we've said it several times before but you know i'm not harping on it here but go outside of wwe and you'll be so glad that you did you know even if like i said if it's just your local promotion you're going to find something they're special to watch definitely it's about the best way i can put it all right well let's um wrap up the episode for this week carl let's um you tell us about to everybody so, or, or, or well, our social media here. I will definitely <laughs> tell us about our social media. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at JK Podcasts. So that's JK Podcasts. We do need to include the S on the end for you to find us correctly. Now, something big that has happened for us here in the social media world is our Facebook account has hit one hundred people that have liked our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Now we had a contest going uh, back about six months ago where we were going to offer an autographed photo of Jake the Snake Roberts to you guys, the ones that went on to that post that liked, shared, and commented on that post. So I'm going to give everybody an opportunity. You have one week 
Next week, we will announce the winner of the Jake the Snake Roberts autographed photo that we will send to you. No matter where you are in the world, we will send it to you. We will send it by mail. You guys will get your own Jake the Snake Roberts autographed photo in a frame as well. So go to the Facebook page, search at JK Podcasts, or you could do facebook.com slash JK Podcasts, and I'm going to go in there very shortly, and I'm going to pin that contest to the top of the page so it's the first thing that you guys will see yes and i want you guys still to go in there like share and leave a comment that you have done so and from those comments i will take those names and one person will win very cool all right well to listen to the podcast of course you can find us on podbean you can find us on Google Play through Google Play Music and Google's dedicated podcast app. You can find us on iTunes and all those other podcatchers. I'm going to look into uh, Stitcher and all those other kind of ones too and see if we can branch out to all those too so mm-hmm. that we can get out to as many people as possible. And of course, you can find us on thegorillaposition.com as part of the Roar Network. Yes. And coming up next week, before we do go, just a reminder that we will be having a very special interview with a Tony Kazina. Yes. Who I believe will probably be in New Zealand at the time. Yes, he will be. Because he's uh, flying over there to uh, to do some very cool stuff there. We're we're going to have a very cool interview. Very look, much looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, definitely we are. This is going to be a huge interview for us. If you don't know who Tony Kazina is, go and look him up on the internet. You will see that the guy has been in the business for quite some time, is still out there working to this day, and we have had the pleasure to see him work okay. several times here in Sault Ste. Marie as part of Canadian wrestling's elite i think the best way to describe tony is he's a real journeyman yes. of the professional wrestling business and it's gonna be a pleasure to talk to him and to pick his brain and hear some i'm sure some uh, some great stories that he's had because he's been around and has been uh doing some amazing stuff yes all right we will see you guys on the next one ciao this is ryan bowman editor-in-chief of the gorillaposition.com and you're listening to the j and k podcast